I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 114, Be It Unto Me According to Thy Word, studying Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, the Come Follow Me study for moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour, and this year we're studying the New Testament. I am so excited to talk about Jesus with you, so let's get started. Alrighty, um, so... Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in in this brand new year of 2023. It's officially our first 2023 episode, um, <clears throat> which is exciting. And we're going to hop on into it. Um, one of the things I want to focus on um, is fear. <laughs> so one of the phrases that I think is probably one of the most common phrases in the Bible as a whole is the phrase, especially I think in the New Testament, we see it a lot, is the phrase fear not, right? Um, uh, we see this for this specific reading. We see it in Matthew uh, chapter 1 verse 20 and then in Luke chapter 1 um, verse 13 speaking to Zacharias and then um, cha- uh, verse 30 speaking to Mary. And in all of these <coughs> oh gosh, excuse me. Whoop. I have been sneezing like crazy. I think I need to dust my room or something. It's driving me nuts. Um <coughs> Okay, I should change it to be it unto me to sneeze the entire podcast. That should be the title of this episode. Um hopefully not. So I love this idea of fear not. That there because okay, human beings are like pretty good at being scared. <laughs> We're pretty good at fearing new things. We're pretty good at fearing things that we don't understand, fearing things that are unknown to us. Um, and this is an important part of our physiology that helps keep us alive, right? Like the fact that I show fear when there's a tiger in front of me is totally normal and completely natural and a very good thing to have, to have fear when there's a tiger in front of me that's going to eat me, right? Um, and, um, I, I looked at, uh, looked at the Oxford English Dictionary. Sorry guys, it's taking me a little bit, a little bit to get started this year, apparently. Um, I looked at the Oxford English Dictionary and it says, um, one of the definitions of fear, the one that stood out to me, was a feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety of someone. And I love this idea because I feel like anxiety is kind of a buzzword right now. Everybody's talking about anxiety. Everybody has some kind of anxiety. And I'm not saying that to discount people that are genuinely, like, um, diagnosed with anxiety. I have friends, um that, that struggle with that. But it's a, it's a word that we're all right now in our world in 2023 and all of 2022 and kind of since 2020, um, we've talked a lot about anxiety, right? As like in the world. And I love this idea that our anxiety concerning an outcome of something, our anxiety concerning the safety of someone, um, is also can be defined as fear 
And then we think about God and the amount of times that he tells us, fear not. Like, don't worry about it. You don't need to be anxious about the outcome of something. I'm holding it in my hands. I got this. You're okay. Um, and I think about specifically, I told this to Jake the other day. So our littlest kid, Scott, um, we call him Bunny. He is two years old. He just turned two. And he still, he can make it down our stairs without any help. Um, but he still prefers to hold one of our, like, hold my hand, hold Jake's hand. He even will hold the girl's hands. Um, but I told Jake the other day, I'm like, I want to hold God's hand and then walk with the confidence that Scott does holding my hand down the stairs. Because that kid holding my hand down the stairs is just like, like one, one foot, one step, every, like he flies down those stairs and I'm holding on for dear life. So he doesn't like literally fly down the stairs and break a face. Um, but he just knows I've got him. He knows he's not going to fall. He knows that mom's not going to let him fly, fly face first down the stairs of death. That's what I call them. Cause they're like wooden stairs that if you fell down would hurt really, really bad. And then it's just concrete at the bottom. So there's not like a soft, um, carpet to lay on or anything. If you land, they're just the stairs of death. And so he, but he walks down those stairs, like, without a care in the world, just fully, 100%, all efforts faced forward, like, all engines blast, let's go, straight down those stairs when I am holding his hand. When he is going by himself, he takes a lot slower, he steps, it's two feet on each stair, and then he moves to the next one. When I'm holding his hand, it's one foot per stair, and he is just flying. And I want to have that level of confidence holding my father's hand, being like, all right, Heavenly Father, let's do this. Like, I'm going to go in the direction you told me to, like, full speed ahead. Um, let's go because there's, there's no, you've got me. You've got me. I'm not going to fall on my face. It's going to be fine. Um, even if I perceive falling on my face, it's going to, it's all going to be fine, right? Um, and so I love this idea of fear not. Um, I also was looking at Luke chapter one, obviously verse 74, and this is, uh, speaking of the oath of Abraham. And it says that he would grant unto us that we being delivered of our enemies, um, out of the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear. Again, this is without that fear. The thing I also thought of as I was reading this is being delivered out of the hand of our enemies. And I think a lot of times, especially in the scriptures, we read enemies and we think, oh, like our enemies, as in like the other people trying to fight us, right? So like um, for the Jews, it was the Egyptians, right? Like, oh, those are our enemies. You're going to deliver us out of the hands of our enemies. And he does. He does do that as well. But I think sometimes when we read it right now, Right. If we're reading it during the Russia or during the Cold War or we're reading it, well, right now, right for Ukraine, Russia is the enemy. Um, not all of Russia, mostly just Putin. Um, he's the enemy. Right. But thinking about it, I was like, what if God's not talking about the enemies that we create amongst ourselves? Right. The fact that as human beings, we have a tendency to go face to face, mano y mano. Um, what if the enemy he's talking about is not an enemy who wants to physically harm us, but an enemy 
who wants to eternally harm us? What if it's not an enemy of our bodies, but an enemy of our souls, right? And so what if when we are being delivered from the hands of our enemies, it's not talking about war and the things that we create ourselves as human beings, not us specifically as me, Donica, the enemies I've created, but also that too. Um, but what if it's Satan? What if we're talking about Satan? What if we're talking about powers of darkness? Those are the enemies that we will be delivered from. So we're still going to have to deal with, you know, Joe Schmo, who's crazy, um, and trying to take over our country. But what if we... I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this. What if our enemies are not each other? They're not fellow humans, but they are Satan. Someone who's actually our enemy. Someone who wants to cause us eternal harm. Somebody who understands the full picture of God's plan and is like, yeah, I'm going to take as many of you down with me as I possibly can. Anyway, I just was thinking about that. I'm not sure what you want to do with it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> last thing I want to touch on is a couple of um, scriptures that really stuck out to me in this, woof, in this uh, scripture session. Gosh, my brain, you guys. Luke chapter 1 verse 53. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty. And I love this idea that... Those with room, those who create space for him, those who hungrily seek him, he fills with goodness, right? And then those who are prideful, those who are fat on the teachings of man, those who are too filled with their desires for the things of the world um, are given nothing because they have no room to receive. It's not that he doesn't want to give them something, but is they don't have any room to receive it. And I love this idea of kind of us being Oliver Twist walking up to Christ, being like, with our little empty bowls, I want some, I want some. He's like, absolutely, let me fill you up. Um, whereas people who've got their bowl full of stuff, he's like, do you want some? You're like, no, nah, I'm good. I've got, I've got plenty of stuff, you know? And so you miss out on something you didn't even know. Um, Jake and I were talking about this as well. The connection between Bethlehem, which is like, Oh, I can't remember it now, but it basically, it means like, it's like the Valley of bread or the life of bread or something, something about bread in Bethlehem, um, which is where we know Christ was born, who is also referred to as the bread of life. And then you add that into the fact that he was born and then laid in a manger, which is twofold. On the one hand, we have manger, which is where the animals eat, but we also have the French word manger, which is to eat. And so this idea that we are here to fill ourselves on his word, we're here to fill ourselves on him. And then you add in the sacrament and how we have the bread as his body, the water as his blood, and that we take these and we partake of these and we put them into ourselves to fill us. Um, we just need to be empty vessels so that we need to empty ourselves of our natural man to be able to have room to fill ourselves with him. Does that work? Does that make sense? I hope so. Okay. Um, then these two verses, and I'm going to end. Luke chapter th 1, obviously, verse 37. For with God nothing shall be impossible. I love the, tra the trust and the, e the faith 
in that sentence, and then followed immediately, we have verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Mary had faith in her plan, and the, the Heavenly Father's plan for her was greater than anything that she had in plan for herself. That's where we get the title of our lesson, Be it unto me according to thy word. Um, and so as we're stepping into this new year, as we're walking into the New Testament, let's allow for that space. Let's allow for that openness, allow for getting not rid of our own plans, but making them kind of loosey-goosey, so to speak, so that Heavenly Father has a chance to work through us. He has a chance to work in our lives. If we have everything so rigid and so tight, and we have a very specific goal in mind of an exactly what it's going to look like, there's no room for him to work. And so we have to, like, listen, this is where I want to go. Hold on to his hand as tight as we can, and then go full speed ahead, following Heavenly Father, trusting him that his plan is going to be so much better for us than what we have in mind. Um, and I'm going to just leave you with that before I ramble on anymore. And I will talk to you guys next week.